This is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band, and you're listening to Still Talking With on the Dorkening Podcast Network. Did you know around 83% of Americans with disabilities are unemployed? We are changing that. The Prospector Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to providing competitive and integrated employment for adults with disabilities through the operation of a first-run movie theater in Ridgefield, Connecticut. We greet, seat, and treat our audiences to the best, most accessible movie-going experience in the world. Hollywood blockbusters, delicious gourmet popcorn, and one-of-a-kind pink glove service. Join us for a movie and see our sparkle in action. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit www.prospectortheater.org. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. (laughs) With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. The Dorkening and all affiliated shows are not intended for anyone under the age of 18. The following may contain discussions or scenes that have adult situations, graphic violence, nudity, strong sexual content, and graphic language. This show is intended for mature audiences only. Viewer discretion is advised. But thank you all for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a lot of fun. You have a hankering for horror knowledge? We have such sights to show you. Do you require raging retro reviews? Do you desire discussions with devastatingly dashing dorks? The Dorkening Podcast Network has nearly 30 shows to satisfy all of your nerdy, geeky, and dorky needs. From horror reviews and celebrity interviews. Hi, I'm Adam Green, the director of the Hatchet Films and the star of Allison. Hi, this is Dominic Pace, who played the bounty hunter Gecko from The Mandalorian. Hi, I'm Mike Price. I'm a writer on The Simpsons. I co-created Epis for Family. Hi, guys. This is Dee Wallace from E.T. and Cujo. Hi, my name is Kurando Mitsutake, director of Gun Woman and Karate Kill. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. As well as nostalgic trips into the past, pop culture, the latest in entertainment news, and so much more. Featuring a variety of shows and hosts that will simultaneously enrage, enlighten, and entertain you. Check out the Dorkening Podcast Network. My mom says I'm cool.
Available on iTunes, Spotify, thedorkening.com, and wherever fine podcasts can be found. Happy Wednesday, everybody. It is Wednesday, right? It is uh, Wednesday. Yeah, the, it was almost going to be Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, the, the days just meld together. My name's Leo. I'm the monkey behind the keyboard. We have a most awesome show scheduled for you today. And as always, make sure you check the show notes because I have a ton of information uh, about our guest there. Even he where has are the show notes? Where uh, are the show notes, Up Leo? above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. There's an Amazon link there, too, for skeleton dolls. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we'll talk about that shortly. But as always, Benjamin, how's it going, my friend? Friend. What's happening, everybody? A little bit of a late start, you know, a little bit of a late start. You know how those rock stars are, but it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to say, I said abracadabra and came on the screen. I mean, that's all I really got to say about that. Like a, like a leprechaun, because we have somebody from uh, from Ireland in the chat. I in was going to say, first comment in the chat tonight was from Ireland. You know, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where the leprechauns come from, right? Uh, yeah, I hope they bring a pot of gold. Leprechauns? Do they come from Ireland? <laughs> no, hey. Jeffrey. Speaking of leprechauns. How's everybody doing out there? Oh, wrong hand. Yeah. See, it's backwards. <laughs> you know, so yeah, we have a, we have an awesome show. Um, I thought I was uh, gonna have to do the show myself for a little while there, um, but you know, uh, everything happens for a reason, and I am psyched to have uh, this. Yeah, late rock star. Well, he's the current <laughs> rock star, but he was late tonight. You yeah, know what I mean. But, but that's because he's been very busy. He's been very busy. Actually, I heard he was sleeping under a piano. He he he's he's been very busy. He's been very busy, very very busy, and that's we are right. so excited that he would take time out of his day uh, to join us. Uh, can we welcome Kenny Lee Lewis, please? Hey guys. Hey Kenny. <laughs> welcome to the show. You got my Grim Reaper here with the clock. You know to you know remind me of how much time I have left. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not one of the hourglasses with the sand yeah no it's just it's a clock i actually bought this in carnarvon wales a while back near the, uh, the carnarvon castle speaking of ireland I, my wife and i spent some time at the dublin castle there where bram stoker used to live. oh wow Ooh, yeah. that's that's really that's cool. actually pretty cool that is that is really cool because you see like any bats <laughs> no bats you know just no a bats. just a no tour guide <laughs> okay but uh, like Jeff said, thank you for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule, which we know is super busy now that we talked to you a little bit backstage, um, to, to join us tonight and hopefully gain some new fans and friends. And okay, that, that's all, great. We can always get more fans. You know, let some people know the, the, the new stuff that you are working on that nobody would ever imagine the basis for Steve Miller would be doing. Okay. Well, you know, I do play a little... Uh, bass and guitar and here they are actually these these were the little bass and guitar that I played <laughs> but I'm bump oh, yes. <laughs> but I'm bump right right oh, it's full boy. of comedy tonight folks full of comedy <laughs> Yeah, I had to grab some props while you guys were preparing with videos here. So uh, yeah, I don't blame you. I would have grabbed more than just a couple. I'll pull a couple surprises. Nice. I left the dildo in the closet though. Oh, that's uh, right. Is that, is that now... shaped like a guitar too? No, no. I, I play a little dildo once in a while too. But... I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see. You guys shouldn't have shown me the intro to this show because it shows me that I can be a completely outlandish. And I don't. Oh, have... that's what we want, dude. Oh, the I don't more outlandish, the better. <laughs> you know. I mean, you didn't have to start it out with dildos. But I'm good with that. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not far. It's just around the corner. You know. <laughs> you know. I'm not going to ask whose they actually are. So. No, no. Oh boy, folks. <laughs> Leo, should we? Should, can we try to bring this back on the track? Maybe just yes. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> back on the track. <laughs> uh, well, you have an event coming up August 21st. Yes. 
And uh, so uh, this is at uh, John's Beach, Jones Beach. Jones, yeah, Jones. Jones Beach, uh, and it's a festival. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so uh, tell us about that. Well, I don't know much about it. I just have, you know, the, you know, I have the calendar from the Steve Miller organization, but uh, I did look at a poster and it had um, we're sharing the bill with the new version of Journey, uh, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, has Michael Nardum Walden on drums and uh, Randy Jackson on bass coming back, and uh, but still with Jonathan and Neil and Arnell. So that should be interesting. And then we also have uh, John Fogarty on the bill. We have Ann Wilson from Hart on the bill. Uh, the Chainsmokes, which um, I've heard a lot about. I've never seen them live, but um, you guys ever heard of them? Yes. I've heard uh, of them, yep. Okay. Yeah, every time, every never time seen I look them. in the mirror. Yep. And then there's, uh, uh, I think, Wycliffe Jean doing some reggae. There's uh, Florida, which I think is some kind of a new hip-hop act. And then there's a bunch of others, too, that I, I can't remember them all. But it's a big festival, and uh, that, that venue is pretty interesting. I don't give a been there but it's on long island and it's on the harbor and it's literally built on top of the bay so the audience sits and looks at the stage and the stage is surrounded by the bay it's kind of interesting and that's that's cool yeah and 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 talk about creepy stuff in order to get to the stage from the parking lot where our buses usually are located we have to go down into this tunnel that goes underwater and goes all the way up to the back of the stage when we come up through this weird little stairwell to go on the stage so it's kind of like magic because everybody's sitting there watching the stage but you know the stage is not huge it's just you know it's got some buildings in the back little little outbuilding stuff but they don't really see any uh you know rock stars or anything until we appear magically on stage so it's almost like a like a vegas uh david copperfield kind of thing that's cool that is really cool yeah. i can have see to check that place Ken- out kenny lee's gonna go live on his facebook this is me in the tunnel <laughs> yeah yeah so anyway that's jones beach that'll be uh august 21st cool excellent and it'll be our first job that we've had in about a month a year and a half you know about right six, right yeah 16 17 months of no work you know uh just can't do anything so we did do a casual about a month ago in indianapolis for a private uh, which was you know control their their distancing and masking and right. stuff was their was their protocol but uh this is the first you know public venue big rock show we've done for that long period of time. so we're really looking forward to it now yeah, I, i've been trying to see steve miller live for years and i mean years okay the fucking problem is that every time you guys come up to New England, you like the summertime for some reason, okay? And I'm always on fucking vacation at my camp in Maine, and I can't come fucking see you. Crime well, we play up. Maine. We play Maine too. You know, we've we've done. Uh, in fact, we did. You played. You played Bangor. Yeah, we played some really weird gig that was kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, oh, I can hook you up with a few of those. Two and a half years. <laughs> it was really nice. Though. It was a small little, you know, kind of on the green kind of event, but it was really fun had a view of this huge lake it was really nice oh cool okay yeah. but we do do maine from time to time <laughs> all right i'm gonna follow your schedule you again. can continue to beat me up if you'd like that's okay Go on. you know no that's good Take that's it. cool you know i took my shots you gave them back <laughs> <laughs> Oh but, my! But yeah, but I'm 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 looking forward to having you in the green room, free guacamole and beer, when we can make that happen. Oh, absolutely! There you go. You know, we'll I'm gonna look up tour dates now. The things are opening back up. You know what I mean? Hopefully they stay that way. But you know, now that you know, With I don't know where it's gonna go. But hard to say, man. It didn't happen. So, but I'm gonna check your schedule out. Everybody should check their schedule out. Uh, give them a give them a follow. Give them a like. Uh, yeah, you know, if they're in your area, get some fucking tickets. Yeah, SteveMillerBand.com. Just go to tours and. 
and, and stuff that's current should be on there. Just make sure you're not looking at last year's schedule. Right. A lot. A lot of people have not updated their schedules from last year. Well, they right. Want they want to gloat on what they did before, you know. And it's like, you know, this is what we did, you know. Okay. Right. Right. But speaking of some really cool things you've done, um, I read somewhere that you worked Dave Schechter on researching some parts wow. for guitars. Well, you did do some homework, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. That yeah, was way back. Right? Well, we invented the parts business in 1974. Right. And I was working for an amplifier corporation at the time. It was a, a kind of experimental. It was called Delta. It was in um, Sun Valley in the San Fernando Valley. Mm -hmm. And the company was not doing very well. We made about 100 amps, and they were starting to blow up on stage, and it was not good. I mean, we had Spunk back turn Frank Zappa as a couple of our blue trying them out. And, uh, so one day, while we're trying to figure out how to reinvent the wheel, uh, this guy comes in off the desert, some strange guy, and he had this Stratocaster pick guard with all the electronics and pickups already soldered in. It was just a drop-in assembly. And it was Dave Schechter. And uh, he says, yeah, you know, Fender guitars right now are just terrible. Because you just rip all the guts out and drop this, and immediately you got this great pump. And we thought he was nuts, so I took my Strat, my 63 Strat, took it out, took my guts out, stuck this thing in. All of my 63 Strat was great to begin with. I should have never touched it, of course. Right. But, uh, we dropped in this assembly just as an experiment, and uh, sure enough, it really sounded great. And uh, all the switches were military quality and Born's pots, and you know, all these hand wired. And uh, so I was the quality control manager for the amp company at that time. And because they could see that the amp company was getting ready to nosedive, uh, they kind of got an M1 shop. They made me the Igor of uh, Dave Schechter, and we started hand wiring pickups in this little cold little M1 shop eating beans and rice and, you know, listening to Elmore James while we hand, you know, wound these pickups with a Cox slot car controller, speed adjustment. And, you know, we had these, uh, you know, magnetizers and, you know, and all this stuff. It was crazy. So that went on to starting to make parts, replacement parts, and then eventually we bought a lot of exotic woods and we started making our own guitars. So that was from about 74 to about 76 when I was, nice. when I was there. So yeah, I was there, the original employee for Dave Schechter. That, that, that's awesome. That's a, see, now to me, that's, that's more intriguing than playing bass with Steve Miller. Yeah, I well. I don't know if that's just historic, me. You know? Historic longevity. Uh, it's, it's a close second. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, that's that's where I see the talent. No, I'm just kidding. And then, <laughs> and then, when, I, uh, and then when I met my uh, girlfriend, well, when I met my employer, she was my employer first at uh, Diane Steinberg Ruth, who was just in here a second ago. Uh, she uh, hired me to play bass with her and we started playing some really nice gigs and she was doing a second album and we were co-writing and she wanted me to play on the album. So I got really busy with her. So I wasn't able to spend as much time with Dave and they started bringing on more employees and a guy named Tom Anderson showed up one day and Tom Anderson was the guy that I kind of showed around the shop and showed how to use the, the CNC machine, you know, and mixing the, the lathe and all that. And he ended up becoming an incredible luthier himself with his own Anderson car. Nice. So um, I got a question for you. Okay, Jeff. <laughs> I see your name played, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pretend like I'm at a dinner. I'm gonna okay, Jeff. Okay, Jeff. <laughs> no, uh, no, seriously. I mean, you know, I listened to a lot of music, especially in my younger days growing up and stuff. And I read uh, that you were in a band name called Pieces. Mm -hmm. I never heard of Pieces. Can you tell me about that, please? Well, it's surprising you never heard of the ba any band named Pieces because even Steve Perry from Journey was in a band called Pieces. I've well, never heard of a band Tim called Boger, Pieces. With Tim Boger from Vanilla Punch. He, he had a band called Pieces. It never took off either. That's why you never heard of it. But the band that I joined was actually called Five Mighty Pieces. And they were a club act around L.A. here that, you know, wore outfits and did steps, you know, and then they would come in singing, you know, Who Loves you by Frank 
Mickey Valley from the back of the room and they come up the stage and, you know, kind of sway everybody. And it was kind of cornball. And I, I got in it and I said, man, this is really good band. We should write songs and try to get a record deal. And I ended up getting my friend Jeff uh, Lieb at that time was his name. is now named Jeff Harris. And he and I sort of took that band and uh, we built a studio in the at the drummer's house. And we um, got some producers and we wrote some tunes. We got a record deal with it. And we got on uh, uh, we got on uh, uh, Liberty Records, which was a United Artists label, mm-hmm. you know, UA Liberty. And I uh, got a deal through um, Mark, um, you know, the lead singer from Paul Revere and the Raiders, Mark Lindsay. He was uh, an R guy by that time. And he loved it. And he signed us over a bunch of other people that were actually going for us. And we put out a record, A Blue-Eyed Soul, around 1979. And unfortunately, when our record was being released, the label was being absorbed by EMI Capital. Mm-hmm. Everybody was fired, including Mark. And we were orphans on a new label, basically. And also, the knack had just hit with my Sharona. And if you did Blue-Eyed Soul, you were out. All the, uh, you know, Holland Oates and Michael McDonald's and, you know, Bobby Caldwell's and, you know, I mean, you name it. Anybody that was doing Blue Eyed Soul, I mean, you were out. Yeah. You had to do rock and roll and wear a thin tie, or else you weren't going to be able to be in music. Right. right. It was going you know, through that Right. Right. That R and B category, but there was separating it that end, which I thought was kind of screwy. So that record just never got pushed. It never went anywhere. And plus, there was a promotion guy named Charlie Miner who wanted fifty thousand dollars cash just to get us on rotation, and we only had twenty five left in our budget. And we gave it to him, and he laughed and took the money anyway. He never put us on rotation, and eventually. Actually, his uh, girlfriend blew his nuts off, and he uh, died that way. So he got. <laughs> he got his all right, that's awesome. It was it was actually a very similar episode. Coming. If you've ever seen the episode episodes on that uh, show that was called Vinyl, did you ever see the the, the show called Vinyl? Um, I, I, I caught a few of them. Now. I think it was on HBO. Yep, it, Vinyl is pretty amazing because it's actually pretty true incidences that happen, and there is a scene in there where a record per, uh, promotion guy gets his head caved in with an andiron from a from a fireplace, and I I took great pleasure in seeing that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Well, yeah, that's what happened to the record. It just got killed because we didn't have enough cash to pay payola to get it on the radio. And Blue Eyed Soul was out. So there you go. Oh. Cool, cool. So before we shift gears, Leo, do you want to uh, try and get a quick uh, commercial in? Uh, sure. Just, yeah. just one. Just one. Okay. Yeah. Just. Uh, the okay. Yeah, I can do that. So uh, as always, you know, uh, you know, what? I'm just going to play the commercial. Not even going to talk it up. Here we go. <laughs> Did you know around 83% of Americans with disabilities are unemployed? We are changing that. The Prospector Theater is a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to providing competitive and integrated employment for adults with disabilities through the operation of a first-run movie theater in Ridgefield, Connecticut. We greet, seat, and treat our audiences to the best, most accessible movie-going experience in the world. Hollywood blockbusters, delicious gourmet popcorn, and one-of-a-kind pink glove service. Join us for a movie and see our sparkle in action. For more information or to purchase tickets, visit www.prospectortheater.org. A lot of awesome stuff coming to the theater. You got Suicide Squad coming out in a couple weeks. I'm sure they'll have that. Really? Another remake? It's not a remake. It's a new one. It's the new one. Yeah. It's the new one. And it looks well, no, kick-ass. You got King Shark in it. Yeah, it's, it's the Save sequel. Save that for the dorkening. We, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Wow, that wasn't cool. Jeez. Um, 
Love you, Leo. So, um, Kenny, uh, yep. your uh, guitar lessons, online guitar lessons. Yes. Um, I just started a, a new, during the pandemic, of course, I had to reinvent myself because there wasn't any work going on. So I had to go inside myself, figure out, well, what good skill set do I have that I can bring forward that would be my best thing for right now? And that would be my guitar playing and bass playing and uh, guitar playing lessons. And I've, I've been a teacher on and off throughout my years. And I decided to make one of these uh, 24-7, you know, uh, subscription, membership, guitar lesson websites. So uh, I have one now and it's uh, called Fret Friends uh, and it's F-R-E-T-F-R-E-N-Z.com. And anybody can go there. There's a 24-hour free trial and there's some sample lessons if you just want to look at it before you even get involved. But um, I share all my secrets and all the things I've learned over the years. And uh, then I talk some road stories and some, you know, some humor and stuff while doing the lessons. So, so. It's a little more than just a clinical, you know, lesson site, but it's really cool. And people are starting to sign up and it's, uh, it's coming on really well. Um, I also uh, lubricate that with my YouTube channel with flypaper, if you will, by doing interviews with people, almost like what you guys are doing here, um, and playing guitars and talking instruments and gear and whatnot. And I just did Jimmy Vivino. I just did, uh, um, uh, Greg Douglas, who wrote, uh, Jungle Love for Steve Miller, actually. And, uh, he gave us secrets about the guitar parts, which were kind of bizarre and then i just did jack sonny from the dire straits when he was with our straits during their heyday and played with them in live aid so um i'm i've got another guy that i just did uh, pete anderson that uh, was a producer for dwight yokum in the early years and i'm just editing that now so i'm just going to continue doing them i've got tim pierce coming up pretty soon uh jay graden agreed to do it uh danny weiss a whole bunch of different people that are coming up that uh um, wow that's awesome yeah that's yeah we're just, we're just guitar players that just none of us are super superstars uh, uh steve Lucather might do one. He's about the closest superstar. I think of it'll probably do one. In our buds, we have the same birthday. We've known each other for years. Um, so those are free, and you just see those on my Kenny Lee Lewis YouTube channel. You go there and you go to the fret friends playlist and you'll see all these videos I'm doing. And I just do entertainment type stuff, you know, where I play and I just perform or I'll talk and or I'll teach a little bit, but then at the end, of course, I advertise the uh, the uh, uh, subscription website. <laughs> I was going to oh, say absolutely. prescription website. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close. Uh, so that is going on, and uh, that's taken a lot of time and effort, and the uh, editing sounds like it. Yeah, you know, I mean, if you've ever, you know, I'm edited any of these shows. I mean, you know what it's like. It's crazy. You know, and you got to know tech stuff. And uh, I'm old school. I mean, I'm still playing through tube amp. And it's the eye candy that does all that. Magnetic pickups. Yeah, I can see he's the younger, better looking one. You know, right. Leo's probably the one that knows all this stuff and has to teach it up to all. Of you. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. I was his, hair, gonna... his hair isn't gray yet. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's well, it's, it's, coming. Just, oh, yeah. it's coming. All right, well, yeah. it's, it's coming. Red. <laughs> it, it turns oh, since it, he started working with us. Right. <laughs> So, you know, check those sites out. And then, of course, my, my just my regular website, which is KennyLeeLewis.com. You can see all the other stuff that I've been doing. And you can send me an email there if you want to kind of communicate with me and get on my mailing list and whatnot for all my other bands that I do. Because I do about five other bands other than Miller. Wow. Wow. And, uh, you know, if uh, you missed any of those links, I do have them in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where okay. you're watching or listening to us. And, uh, you know, I, I saw one of your Facebook posts. You're a little bit of a, you know, dork yourself posting about the uh, the big iOS update. 
Uh, so, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I don't usually do that, but this one was interesting because it was like, uh, it involved wearing a mask. And I was like, going, wow, this is really interesting. The pandemic, you know, has creeped into the technological app world where we're trying to, like, you know, adjust our technology to fit our biological, you know, invasion that's happening on us. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife got the, uh, I, I guess it only went out to a few because it didn't show up on my phone about, uh, an update. And it's probably the same one you're talking about where, uh, it'll recognize you even with your mask on. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. weird. Yeah. Too bad we can't do that with law enforcement, right? You know, with, with <laughs> robbers and stuff, robbing banks. Or yeah. Right. Well, now you can if they share the data. <laughs> and we lost Jeff. He got he got a phone call or you he know. He got a phone call yeah. in the middle of it. Yeah. So so uh how are you uh recording these and how are you editing? How am I ed- I'm sorry, say that again. Uh how are you uh recording your interviews and oh, 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 and what oh, are you using to edit? I'm just using all the free stuff. I'm using, you know, you Zoom and I, you know, marquee the the, the thing when I want to close up and you know, and I, I tried recording two different audio tracks, thinking I'd get two individual tracks yep. that I can miss. No, the the Zoom thing supersedes that, and whoever's the loudest audio signal is the only one you get on the feed. Yeah. So I, I completely lose the other tracks. So I don't know how maybe so, this thing that you're using, you can have individual tracks well, that so, are separate. So you're uh, you're doing doing it through Zoom. Yeah, uh, I do Zoom and I'll do like a marquee, yeah. you know, style thing. But then when I want to have just one camera, like you just did a second ago, yep. I'll actually mix it that way. And I'll go in, I'll grab that, and make that close up, and then go back to you. You know what I mean? I'll do oh, yeah. that through iMovie. I use like iMovie because it's free. It's I, on my I, computer, so you know. Yeah, but iMovie is great to use. I mean, the uh, uh, Final Cut is just like a glorified iMovie. Right. You know, it's very right. similar. I'll probably have to buy that eventually, you know. But but do you know of a format where we can do this type of thing where each individual audio track is separate? Uh, there is, but it's a, it's very buggy. Um, I forgot the name of it. But your best bet is if you only have one guest. Um, or are yeah. you talking about multiple guests? No, one guest. Okay, your best bet is actually use a external mixer. Uh, so I'm using a – I can send you a link to it, the Zoom L8. Uh, so I have my audio on a separate tack, uh, track and then all you guys on your own track ah. um, so that I, I, you know, I can edit the audio that way. Is it just taking the stereo signals and breaking that in half? It, it's actually, so the way it's hooked up to my computer is my microphone is one track and then the audio coming from you guys is a separate track uh, through the computer. Uh, okay. And it's, well, we can talk about that uh, yeah. you know, yeah, totally. another time, but that sounds really interesting. That would be nice because then I could actually mix you know because sometimes i jam with the guys and it's it's very difficult to try to like get it mixed just right yeah. when it when one's superseding the other audio it's, it's kind of like a superseding kind of a thing yeah th- there was a um service that was uh <laughs> they were trying to do a jam uh kind of service as well um I'll find the information and I can send it to you. Okay. Yeah. How do you like the way we we segue from dildos into technology? I thought that was. I, you know what? Well, there's I, been I, a couple I, of times where the dildo was going to get brought back up. Uh, I'm looking I, at Ben and Jeff's faces and they're going like. Well, no, because see, when you guys started talking about that and you brought up your YouTube channel, instantly in my head I said, "Well, geez, if Kenny's only running on YouTube, we really should talk to him behind the scenes because we're running 12 platforms worldwide, including the radio side of things." Uh-huh. independent radio how cool would it be if you could no, start no, you were the guys i was supposed to send the restream key to to get all my other stuff going live and i completely dropped the ball on that yeah you fucked that one up too yeah well but it's okay <laughs> it's all no, good 
Yep. Well, I have an interview on the first, which is in a couple of days, and I was confusing this with that date. And I was just today. I mean, I just played the Midstate Fair yesterday with my band here in Paso Robles, and it was a really big deal. I mean, I've never headlined a fair before myself personally. So, I mean, today it was just like I finally just let my brain just melt. And I went, right. I'm, I'm just going to be a zombie today. I'm not going to think about anything. I completely just spaced out. Um, so, again, my apologies. But we're here. But uh, there you go. No worries. Yeah, no worries at all. Uh, yeah, and I was also the one that sent you the, the switchboard. We use something similar. Um, it's a service called Switchboard that allows... It's different from Restream, where this here you can like grant access to somebody uh, streaming on your content or your pages uh, right. for like a limited amount of time. You can say, "Hey, uh, you know, give me access to stream to your YouTube for like 24 hours, and then after that, well, it, like, you and I are gonna hook up, baby, because you know I need you, baby. I need all the, I need all the medulla you can give me." <laughs> Well, that's I, what I was saying. I don't I was, mind. Yeah. Yeah, Leo's got some medulla. That's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah. There he does. And he actually, I'm not going to bullshit. Right behind the brainstem, right here. Yeah. Right, right. Right. He's got one hell of a uh, network going on over here with the Dorkening Podcast Network. Yeah. Well, um, I, mean, I need help with all that stuff, man. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm completely old school. Well, uh, yeah. It's, uh, I, mean, I, I, crystal, I, I built a crystal radio set with an alligator clip that you'd hook onto your, you know, your lead pipe, your plumbing, so you could get radio coming through when I was like, you know, 10 years old. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I started. <laughs> but speaking of, of other things that you've done, <laughs> you wrote, uh, you're a writer as well. Yes. Um, I wrote a novel um, about five years ago based on a true story. Uh, our bass player in the Steve Miller band was dating this really hot uh, chick and she had a, an identical twin sister and she would come around and you, they were probably about 29 then, you know, 29, 30. And they were just stunning and they, they used to come up for a cabin that we have up in Montana and they would help us, you know, strip the bark off the logs with bikinis and everything, you know, and just smile all day long, you know, really nice ladies. And I met their mother at some point and she started telling me these stories about what they were like when they were really little, with they're speaking in their own languages and their telepathic abilities and all these other strange things. And it just made the hair stand up on my arm. I just said, can I run with this and kind of make it a, a novel? And she said, sure, just change the names, you know? So the first 10 chapters of my book, Skeleton Dolls, Children of the Tower is about, uh, you know, female identical twins that, that use twin speak into their adult years. And we find out in the book, of course, I made all this up, but uh, it does say in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that at one point before the Tower of Babel was destroyed, we all spoke the same language and we all spoke to God directly. I mean, you know, it wasn't like a thought that came into your head. It was just sort of like God saying to Noah, hey, build an ark and you go, how long? You know, and they would just have a conversation, you know, and it was like, that. I didn't write that part. So I suggest that twin speak and also people who speak in tongues in church are actually speaking the original language of God, which has power in it. And the church uh, sort of suppressed this uh, back during the time of Merlin, you know, and stuff, because, you know, only Jesus, of course, could have this incredible power. We right. couldn't allow other people to have this power. So they suppressed the whole language. Plus, there's incantations and singing that goes along with it. So there's frequency involved, vibration. Um, they sing in really weird intervals and stuff and, in this book. And uh, they're able to raise the dead, and heal people, and do all kinds of crazy stuff, which, of course, gets them into a lot of trouble. So that just gives you a little bit of an idea of what the book is about. But uh, it's pretty interesting. And eventually they travel to Australia and hang out with the uh, invisible uh, Aboriginal tribes there that are off the uh, census and they uh, have never been seen. Wow, sounds like a really freaky porno movie. 
No, no. <laughs> Although there is some sex in it. That was pretty interesting. When you... <laughs> of women, course there is. Women who have telepathic and telekinesis powers having sex at the same time in two different parts of the city at the same time. Right. There you go. There's some interesting things that can happen. Uh, I do have, if you look in the show notes, there is an Amazon link. and uh, There it is. Yeah. And there's a cover of the book. Yeah, that is the asphyx. That creature right there is a seraphim angel that actually has the power to take your soul or restore it. And he is literally, or it, I should say, is literally the Grim Reaper. And that is also biblical. It's called Sashiel, which is the name of one of the uh, seraphim angels. And that is the giver of life and death. And so that's an actual real character that's also in the Bible. Very cool. See, I'd buy it, but I don't. I don't, I don't see an option. Cool. Now that that copies. that is out and available, right? Yes, uh, it's on Amazon. It's on Kindle, and right. also and they, hard copy. they can find that in the show notes up above or down below, right, Leo? Yeah. Yes, yeah. sir. I think it's four bucks for Kindle and seventeen bucks for a book or something like that. I don't know. Seventeen now, how much, bucks. How much is it if it's fuck? autographed? Well, it's four hundred sixty pages, Jeff. You get a lot for your bank. Oh, for your all book. right. Well, that's cool. Four hundred sixty. Yeah. No. I mean, yeah. All right. My all right. biggest it, complaint about this book, the only complaint I've ever had on the book, is that it's not long. And it's already 460 pages. Everybody just wants it to keep going. 460 pages wait, wait. is a good size book. Yeah, yeah. I read a lot of books. Okay. But I do those cliffhanger, you know, kind of endings on each chapter where you just you can't not know go to the next chapter. You have to go to the next chapter. And people are saying that they just never got any sleep. Uh, you know, <laughs> constantly like just the book would just nag them from over on the shelf. You know, and it was it's like they couldn't get have a life because they had to finish the book. Wow, I'm gonna have to get that book because I want to read yeah. it. It's pretty cool. I, I I'm very proud. Sounds of like it. an awesome um, story. Like I said, the reason why you never heard of it is that uh, I self published it. I never could get a, an agent or a publisher to talk to me after I self-published and I never got a decent review and I never got any push on it. And I'm too busy playing music to sit and toot my horn on being a novelist. You know, so uh, hopefully this sequel that I just wrote for, which involves the 2024 election with these twins. Oh my God, you got to wait till you read this. And uh, Is that I, out too? No. I, oh, not yet. Point. You can't put it out unless you have an agent. You put it out without an agent, you're you're killing yourself as a as a writer. You have to have it okay. to get you with the publisher so they can be involved from the beginning, the middle, the end. You know, because they're investing their time and money without any guaranteed income, and right. they want to make sure it's going to be a hit. So that's the reason why they want fresh meat. So if you don't bring in fresh meat, they ain't interested. Just like the dildo in back here. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's. No. <laughs> Now, see, I knew that if I brought that up, you guys were going to keep bringing that. It was going to be a recurring thing. He's infatuated uh, with this dildo for some reason. Oh, dude, I know. Like, I'm like, I've been holding back. I know you have. <laughs> Trust time. me, I know you have. You showed great uh, um... restraint. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> Wow. Um, you know? I, I, I said, I would definitely have to order that book too, but is there an option for autographed copies? No. Unfortunately, uh, they're all manufactured one at, one at a time. I never bought a whole bunch of them. You know, like I just ordered 16 of them because I sell them all the time on my gigs. Believe it or not, I sell more books than I do my CDs, which is pretty funny. Okay. So it, this uh, is a this is a two step then because now I, I got to buy the book. I'm going to order the book. Uh -huh. Then I'm going to have to mail it to you or come to one of our shows or come to one of your shows. Which we've been crying the blues so the about. You've got to come and hang out in the green room and I'll sign the motherfucker. Yeah, you will. Deal. <laughs> so that's what's deal. been going on. And then, uh, um, you know, like I said, the YouTube channel, uh, Kenny Lee Lewis uh, right. YouTube channel is kind of the flypaper that gets people to go to the uh, teaching uh, website, fretfriends.com, F-R-E-T-F-R-E-N-Z.com. 
So people would sign up and then I end up getting that monetized income. So that's the only way you get the income is right. to use YouTube to kind of be the flypaper to get people to look at it. Right. right. Pretty much. Yeah. Smart way to do it too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Just, like you, just like you guys using the show so you can get some attention because your dad didn't get it. Pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much. You know, that works. <laughs> wow, man. Ouch, huh? <laughs> yeah. Ouch. That I was just thought he spiced up a little bit here. Sorry. Yeah, that was, was a good like, one. He just, he just, he was like, guys, hold on. And he just, just took cactus and he went, how do you like that? How do you feel? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. My apologies. <laughs> Don't be sorry. It was great. It, it worked hey, perfectly I'm on the show. I'm myself in that too. We all want our daddy to give us the nod, you know. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyway um uh, was born in pasadena uh 1954 uh moved up to sacramento uh, the capital of the state in 60 so all my uh, school years were up in sacramento so i was greatly influenced by the san francisco hippie dippy mm -hmm. fillmore scene but also the mountains and the outdoors up there you know because i was always up in tahoe or shasta or in the sierras i was a boy scout i was a ymca ragger i mean i was in all that stuff and then eventually met some people that uh, a family of Italian guys that were uh, had brothers that were in the music business in LA, and they sort of grandfathered me to come back down to LA in 1973 to begin my career as a studio musician. That's that's sort of the genesis of how all that started. Right, right. Yeah, I was looking back over some of your your um, notes here, and it said that your first instrument was actually the ukulele. Correct. Yeah, yeah. My so... brother and sister were folkies, and they were getting all the attention. Again, we're talking about attention in the family. And they were older than me, and they were, you know, doing all the Peter, Paul, and Mary, and if I had a hammer and all that stuff, you know, for our families during, uh, you know, we'd have like uh, holiday dinners and stuff. And I was six years younger than my, my sister, and it was like, I couldn't get my hand around a guitar, and I was too little. So I was like six, seven years old, and they were getting all the attention. So I begged my aunt, who had a ukulele, to let me borrow it, and then I learned some songs on the ukulele, and I started entertaining the family with the ukulele. So that was this, you know, just trying to play catch up to my older brother and sister. Right. So you basically come from a, a family of musicians as well. Well, they weren't they weren't professionals. They were just doing it for fun. You know, uh, my dad wanted to be a musician. He had played saxophone, guitar, and drums throughout his life, but never professionally. And he ended up becoming a tax collector of all things. Imagine that. And uh, I, but he had a great record collection. He loved swing music. And so I grew up in a house of swing. So from his 78 gramophones to his LPs to, you know, all the way up until the Beach Boy and English Invasion. I mean, I had music going on all the time. Right, right. Well, that's now, crazy. You've also worked at the likes of uh, Boz Skaggs. Yeah, so uh, Boss uh, worked for me once when I was uh, the uh, jam director at the China Club, Hollywood. And uh, of course, I, you know, I sort of took his chair eventually in the Miller Band um with other people in between of course right uh that was the, the we we sort of called the second guitar seat in the steve miller band the boss gag seat because that was the original the original seat that uh, we all had to step up to but um I was doing this jam thing at the China Club, which at that time was just on fire. We were having a ball. It was Monday night jams off Selma and uh, Gower over there in Hollywood. And so uh, Smitty Smith uh, was a great organist who had been working with him. And he said, why don't you call Boz? He, he probably did the jam. Because I used to have guests all the time. Yeah. And so I called him up and he agreed to do it. And we met and we had a great time. Turned me on a bunch of great songs. And he was our guest that night. And uh, so that was my only time of meeting and playing with Boz. But like I said, I occupied the chair that he warmed up for 28 years as the guitar player for the Steve Miller. Band. Yeah, that's pretty cool, actually. Yeah, it's actually, there's a list of others here. Like oh, Meat yeah. Loaf. Well, yeah, Meat I mean, Loaf. It's like yeah. Meat Loaf. 
12, really? And surprisingly enough, the Perry family, the Italians in Sacramento I was telling you about, one of those brothers became a great engineer, and he engineered the Silk Degrees album, which was Bob's big hit album. Right. With, you know, wow. all the hits on it and stuff, but he engineered that. Wow. Awesome stuff, yeah. man. That's just awesome stuff. Um, I read that you uh, you said, like, right now we're kind of going, like, th- through a detox phase in rock and roll. Uh, let's see. Let's let's examine that. A detox phase. Uh, let me. Let's What's see. the quotation? Uh, let me find it here. Uh, oh, we were talking about. Oh, uh, were we talking about what's going on in politics on Capitol Hill this week? No, no, or I was no. Talking no. About might have been America a, having a colonoscopy. Might have been. Old, <laughs> uh, let's see. Hence the dildo. One of my famous posts from a couple of days ago. Yeah, <laughs> these inquiries are kind of like a colonoscopy. They're looking for polyps. I didn't put the website. Uh, it was saying uh, right now we're going through another detox cycle in rock and roll. Might have been an older post. Oh, okay. That I was reading. I was wondering what that was in conjunction with, but I, it sounds like something I might have come up with. Uh, <laughs> right. I'm not really sure what that was inquiring about, but uh, yeah. Well, that fits in so many different ways. Yeah, I mean, I could take that and run with it right now. I could say that. Yeah, I mean, there's you know when you look at what's being put up there for you know folks that are going into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and people that are giving accolades for things that are not new, they're not original, they're just sort of like recycled stuff that right. we all did back in the 60s and 70s. Uh, you know, I mean, Greta Van Vliet is is a great band. They're, they're, they're doing a great job of kind of doing like a garage impersonation of a Led Zeppelin thing, and they're doing a pretty good job. It sounds very much like Zeppelin. I mean, with some changes because personnel being different. But to me, I mean, I, I don't go out by the record because it... I've already lived that era. I've already played all that music. I know that. Right. I completely lived it. You know, I don't need to have some young man, you know, reminding me of my childhood because you know I'm, I've already <laughs> gone there and been there. You know, he's been there. Know, I'm, I'm not sure what my detox comment was about, but you know. yeah, I, I should have made note of the website I grabbed it from. Uh, what I normally do is I grab little snippets from you know different places on the web, so I have some notes. But I think it probably was just relating to the fact that, in my opinion, as a geezer from the golden era, you know, there's just a lot of really shitty music out there that just doesn't make any sense to me. Right. And if it is getting accolades as being something new and it sounds like something old, then it's just, you know, it's just yeah. recycling, you know, which is fine. Uh, you know, and like I said, Greta Van Vliet, I'm glad the younger people are getting exposed to that because they probably wouldn't go out and seek out a Zeppelin album. Maybe some of them, but not all of them. Right. But they're young and they're fresh and they're cute and the girls will look at them and they go, oh, yeah, look at because they look at me, I mean, I look like, you know, Santa Claus, you know, they're not going to get behind where I'm coming from. And, and, and Ben, you're getting there, too, you know. Oh, I, I, I definitely get <laughs> I, I look Or, or I could see Michael McDonald, you know, which is a little different. But, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, you know I mean, they don't care about me. They, they care about a bunch of young guys doing their thing. I mean, Bruno Mars is, is in a great a great talent. I mean, he's fantastic. But he's just doing that old shtick, you know, from, from uh, Memphis and uh, mm-hmm. Russell Scholes. And it's like, it's nothing you know and he does a really good job of it and it, and if it's if he does a thing where it's kind of like a you know kind of like the royals or the dells you know with the vocals and all that stuff i mean he's just recycling back for a new generation so they can get in touch with that which we've already done conquered and invented and so whatever detox we're talking about i think what we're doing is we're kind of getting the younger people educated to that stuff and right. that being said it's actually a positive thing 
So it's a detox. Usually when you detox, it's a positive thing, you know, because you're being, uh, you know, made anew, which is nice. And so well, maybe yeah. that's what I'm referring to. <laughs> I get it. But that, that's a that's an interesting take because uh, basically it's like, you know, the kids of today with this new music um, are actually getting introduced to what we grew up with. Correct. And that's fine. They should. And uh, if it means them doing it through another band, I mean, look at us. I mean, I have to admit, when I first learned blues, I didn't learn it from Howlin' and Muddy and guys i learned it from the yardbirds and right cream and you know it's like john mayall i mean that's who i learned the blues from and then i had to go backwards to understand that their influences were actually our american people they right. heard on the radio when i was listening to radio when i was a kid in sacramento in 1962 63 64 they didn't play any of that stuff they didn't play any real blues they were playing pat boone frank valley and the beach boys you know it's like right. come on. and we didn't get exposed to it so i had to get exposed to it through those English invasion people. So it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Right. Next generations. Yeah. Right. right. But you have to have a younger, more exciting looking package in order for you to be interested as he, as he, right. you know, otherwise you're just looking at these old guys you, you can't relate to. Like, oh, he looks like my dad. I hate my dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Wow. Uh, did I see that you've uh, done some music for film, including Rocky Three? Yes. Uh, well, when I was a studio musician, like I mentioned, when I moved back down to L.A. in 73, I began my genesis. I met my my wife, you know, Diane Steinberg here, you know, who eventually became Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, you know, in the Sgt. Pepper movie with the Bee Gees and Peter Frampton. She had a record deal on ABC Dunhill, and she co-wrote songs with me, and she insisted that I play bass on her album. So I played a little bass on her album. <laughs> <laughs> That's how she sees it anyway. And uh, but, uh, but through that session, she had Jeff Vaccaro on drums from Toto. She had Jay Graydon on R. She had, uh, you know, David Page from Toto on keyboards and stuff. So I got introduced to all those A-player guys, and they brought me into the studios. So when I did that, I started meeting a lot more contractors, and eventually met Bill Conti, who uh, met me through a, a lady named Allie Willis, who wrote uh, a bunch of big hits. I don't know if you know uh, Allie Willis, but she wrote September and Boogie Wonderland, you know, for Fire. The Friends theme, you know, uh, yeah. a whole bunch of big Neutron Dance, you know, Pointer Sister, I mean, a whole bunch of big Anyway, uh, she used me on bass a lot. And so I met Bill through her because she was trying to write the new theme for the Rocky Three movie. And so she brought me in to play on her incarnation of trying to get this Eye of the Tiger thing going. This is before Scotty Brothers got uh, yes, uh, Survivor in there. And so Bill liked my bass playing, and he hired me, and he said, well, he's young cues. So he hired Craig Cramp uh, on drums and myself and uh, another guitar player, and we did a whole bunch of cues for Rocky Three. And so when you hear, when you look at all those pump and iron scenes in Rocky Three, you know, you know when uh, uh, Apollo's trying to take Rocky back to the past and show him his L.A. training grounds, all those cues, that's me playing bass on all those. That's Very pretty cool. Wild. And that's just one example. I mean, I played on a lot of stuff, but I mean, that see, was just one. See, you brought, you brought up Rocky Three, and I was going Iron Eagle. Well, that was a song. Now, see, that was different. That was a song that Gary Malibur, the drummer from, Mel uh, from Miller, and I had written, and uh, we threw that together and gave that to Bruce. He liked it, so he put it in the movie, and that was a, 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 a breakdancing scene with the lead character to Reggie, so we called it Reggie's theme. But it was actually little pieces of music that we'd actually done for Steve that he hadn't used yet that uh, we just sort of edited together.
together and uh, made a song out of it, got a cube, got a sync license, got paid. Wow. He says it so calmly, too. It's like, hey, oh, yeah. I've got a sync license, got paid. Yeah, well, like... <laughs> the thing with the music business is that it's not about just doing this. You know, you don't just play a little basic guitar. you got to write. you got to sing. you got to entertain. You've got to invent instruments. You've got to go out and sell instruments. you got to do retail. you got to do training. You know, you got to, I mean, you. I mean, I did, uh, not only did I do Schechter, but I did Rivera guitar amps for JBL Harmon and, did JBL Harmon products. And I mean, uh, I work for Guitar Center as a manager. I mean, I've taught, I'm a teacher. I mean, I've done everything you could possibly imagine right. for the music bits, you know, and turning doing library music for, for, you know, television shows, movies, where you just have a little 10, 15 second, you know, a little piece like that, you know, can pay you $10,000 if it's in the right thing, you know? Right. So you have to do everything to survive. You can't just be a player. Being a right. player is just a well diverse of being in the entertainment. Right. You have to be well diverse within the industry. You have to. Yep. It's like facets on a diamond. I mean, you know, it's just a rock until you start cutting those facets. I like That's that. a good way to look at it. I, yeah, I like that. Wow. It's the only way you can shine and be brilliant and be noticed. That is true. Yeah, it's it. That's that's impressive, you know. And I'm I mean, still, I, was... I mean, look at me now. I mean, I'm 66 years old and I'm still struggling just to try to get people to come to my shows. <laughs> I just sold out a show. We, we had a lighthouse uh, benefit for our historic 1890 lighthouse here in Avila Bay where, where I live there. And I didn't know if people would show up and it got sold out. And then last night I played the Mid-State Fair here and I headlined it. I wouldn't say it was a sellout because, of course, the fair is the, is the star. But people showed up and they hung out and danced and it was great, you know. And it's like, my name is on the marquee, you know. It's like, it took me this long doing all those other things just to get to this point. Right. You but, put your time in. Yeah, but does it pay enough money to make a living, put my kids through college? Hell no. You right. have to do everything else. You can't just do one thing. The Miller gig is sort of like a lottery gig. That's just sort of like a big, how did that happen? You know, and it's like, you know, you can't even teach that to students, how you right. can get a job like that. Because it just, you never know how it's going to happen. I didn't even have to audition. I mean, I could tell you the story if you want, but if it's, it might be a little long. I don't know how much time you have. <laughs> Uh, well, I know, Leo's got yeah, I know Leo's got another show tonight, so we probably have to wrap up in about 10, in 10 yeah, minutes. I'll just keep, just keep asking questions. I'll keep dazzling. Yeah. Then dazzling. everybody go silent. <laughs> Keep dazzling, he uh, says. Uh, I read well, that's that. That's the diamond part. That's the diamond part. You know? Right? Uh, I, I read that Jerry Lee Lewis hassled you because of your name? Yes. Uh, I was working for Billy Burnett, whose father was one of the original Rockabilly writers in Memphis during the 50s. They wrote uh, Tear It Up, Rip It Up, he and his uh, uncle. Billy eventually got in Fleetwood Mac, as you know, so replaced uh, um, Lindsay when Lindsay short-circuited. And uh, I was doing some gigs with Billy, and Billy knew Jerry, and we were playing the Palomino Club in Los Angeles in San Fernando Valley. If you've ever heard of the Palomino Club, it's pretty famous. Kind of a dump, but very, very, very famous. And we were playing there, and Jerry came to come down to see him. And Jerry was in some booth with some 13-year-old girl or something, you know, and we walk over to him, and uh, uh, he says, uh, "Jerry, I want to introduce my, my my this is my bass player. It's uh, Kenny Lee Lewis." And uh, he goes, "You stole my name." I said, "No, I didn't steal your name." I said, "My parents hated you." I said, "There was swing. <laughs> Here's my driver's license. My real name is Kendall Lee Lewis. My middle name Lee comes from my uncle Levi, and everybody just calls me Kenny now. So Kenny Lee Lewis just sort of came out of nowhere." And he went, mm, "Okay," and he kind of blesses me with this, you know, the Catholic, you know, tenuflect or whatever. <laughs> it's okay. You can have my name. It's okay. 
That's awesome. So that was my only Jerry Lee Lewis moment. Pretty funny. Wow. But I get teased all the time. People always say, oh, you're just stealing Jerry's name. No. No, really, that's my name. Yeah. <laughs> I never, I didn't even make the connection until. Yeah, my first, name is, my first name is Kendall, just like the oil. Like yeah, Kendall. Right. That's my real first name. It just doesn't sound very rock and roll. And ladies and gentlemen, rocking down to the bottom of the devil's lawn, we have Kendall. <laughs> <laughs> That just doesn't fly, you know. It just doesn't fly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, uh, I want to remind everybody that, you know, we have uh, all the information for Kenny in the show notes up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us, and including a festival uh, August 21st, right? Yep. Yeah, in Long Island. My just first a, debut coming back after a year and a half, just about. Very right, cool. right. Yeah. Check out his website where you can learn how to play. Well, yep. Brett, try Brett, to learn how to play. F-R-E-T-F-R-E-N-Z.com. Right. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got books out on Amazon. I mean, he's got all the rivers flowing into the pond, folks. Yep. Right. You want to learn how to do it, watch what this guy's been doing his entire life. That's what you got to do. And I might just make bills this month. <laughs> See? That's right. always a good right. thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the blessing. At least I'm making the bills. Mm-hmm. Right, you know. So, but so yeah, guys, it's almost it's almost dinner time. You guys play? Yeah, yeah. Are you guys musicians? You guys play? Uh, my wife, um, my wife is. I tried. Okay. I tried for years to, to play the guitar. Okay. I, I I just don't get it. Well, go it's to my friend, my blood. Go to my friend friend's side. And take the free twenty four hour trial. See if it gets you anything. <laughs> I will. I am most certainly going to do that because I own a couple of guitars and they, you know, I want to pick them. I do pick them up every once in a while just to see if I can do something. Yeah. I can do a little bit. Yeah, you pick them I mean. up and you dust them off. Well, what you probably no, I, do I should play a little bit. Get a nylon string guitar, a classical nylon, and and make that your basic thing that you learn your skills on. It won't hurt your feelings, you know, because the the steel strings is what discourages. I actually, I actually have one. I had to make sure I didn't sell it. No, I actually got a, a, yeah. a nylon. Use your nylon to do all the basic stuff and then just kind of graduate once you get calluses built up. Anyway, that's your teacher talking to you. Yeah, yeah. I got wood calluses, not tar calluses. Uh-huh. So, Leo, <laughs> you and I are gonna have, Leo, you and I are going to have to hook up after this. I'm going to have to get some sage advice from you on the attack thing because so, I don't know what's going on. Sounds good. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, yeah, we can uh, we can connect after that. definitely the man. So, Dorkany, I mean, I just real quick, I mean, are we talking about the actual phallus of a dolphin is that what we're talking about or or, or is it just a euphemism for silly people or uh it, it, yeah it's just uh you know uh just a gathering of dorks you know just uh okay yeah, yeah. all uh, right yeah. <laughs> well i'm glad to be dorking with you and i thank you for letting me be a part of this dorkage well, it's, it's definitely Dorky. an honor. Yeah. All right, there's a good one. Dorkish. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I was talking to a publicist the other day, uh, and he's he came up with Nerdapalooza. Ah, I yeah. was like, Nerdapalooza? What? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, I got to tell Leo this. Man. Is that like a festival that. for just people with, with eyeglasses with thick rims? Or? I guess. You got to, you know, pocket <laughs> protectors included, right? Nerdapalooza. Wow. That's a good one. Nerdapalooza. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds awesome. So now, Jeff, you sound like you're from New England. Is Are you all New England guy? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm in Mass. Ben's in Mass. Leo's in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, you guys are all, you know, having great Italian food and talking like you, you know, drive a taxi. So I, I get it. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> right? Us in California, we all talk like this, man. You know what I'm saying? 
we're all the big Lebowski out here. That's what that we right. Like you know, this 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 aggression cannot stand. <laughs> um, but Leo, you do have another show tonight. I do, I do. So yes, my food is about ready, Jeff's and it goes with the, that underlying theme we've had tonight. Dildos, believe it or not. Yeah, because I'm having tacos. Oh, this sort of rhymes with it. I got you. Nice yeah. tie in there, Jeff. See, yeah, like how yeah. I did that. <laughs> Uh, okay, on that note, I want to thank everybody for watching this fine evening. Make sure you check out all the information for Kenny up above or down below, depending on where you're watching or listening to us. Definitely, uh, you know, check out his book. Also, check out the event happening on the 21st. Uh, and also, if you're looking to uh, to learn to uh, play an instrument, definitely check out his websites as well. I have all of them in the show notes. For me, just Google Leo Pond. You'll find a bunch of stuff. Could be true, could be not. I'm not going to say which is which, but I run a little thing called the Dorkening Podcast Network. Almost 40 shows on a network. Matter of fact, we're going to be doing another one in uh, just shortly. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife, the new trailer. Also, the Suicide Squad. Uh, Sylvester Stallone is going to be killing it with, uh, uh, you know, King Shark. And... Uh, Kenny, where do you like people interacting with you on the socials? Uh, interacting with me? Yeah. Oh, um, well, you know, um, I have three or four Facebook sites. I'm always up doing stuff on Facebook. Of course, it's not the one of the, the professionals. I mean, Instagram, I have a presence. Um, I'm building that up as we go. Um, but yeah, you know, Instagram's fine, you know, if they want to message me there. But, you know, Facebook is probably the most active place where I am. But, you know, they can even, you know, send me, like I said, just uh, an email through my website, KennyLeeLewis.com on the contact Thing, and I put them on mailing lists. We can communicate there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I have, you know, my band Friends is on there. My band Barflies is on Facebook. Um, I have a band called Supernova, which is this Afro-Cuban mambo thing that I just started on there. But I mean, I also have a Kenny Lee Lewis personal site, which I do politics on, which we were forbidden tonight to talk about. And then I also <laughs> have my artist site, which is Kenny Lee Lewis artist site, which, you know, is another site. So I have about five Facebook sites, uh, my Instagram site, and my YouTube channel. So all those are fine but you know personally talking to me messenger on facebook nice jeffrey all right thanks guys no whoa, guys... hold on you ain't going oh. nowhere yet oh i'm not going nowhere okay no no you hang tight well, okay. yeah you, you, yeah hang you tight till hang after tight. leo closes the show after the show closes we're going to be backstage again oh okay we're all going to take our clothes off and then kind of get to know each other yeah yeah exactly uh, okay. no. just like a tour bus <laughs> wow okay um yeah you can uh, find me on facebook uh look me up i might be there i might not it might be okay. me it might not you know what i mean okay. uh so you can look me up there but if you want to follow everything that we're doing go to uh, stilltalking.com uh, there's you know links in the show notes up above and down below uh, you can reach out to me personally um, I might get back to you I might not I make no guarantees on that end okay and then the, I mean, like I said if we're coming anywhere near you and you'd like to come you know and, and hang uh, when we play Massachusetts, we either do Foxwoods or we play the t tent in Boston, you know. Uh, oh, I'm going to find you your schedule and I'm going to reach out to you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. And then, you know, I'll get you backstage and we'll get you some guacamole and beer, like I said. Guac and beer. Yeah. California thing. You know. Actually, I don't drink the beer. I, 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 I just probably have some. I don't even drink before the show anymore. I, I can't. I'm getting too old. You know, I gotta be, do you do you I, wear the Glock? You know, watch Miller, man. Miller, he, he changes arrangements like that and he'll come in on a a 16th note and we all have to correct you know and we always make them look good you know and that's what we get paid for so we have to be on our game so we can't right. we can't be high at all when we're on his gigs he's just right. unbelievable 
as you'll see when you succumb to the show. <laughs> right. Yeah. But we make him look sounds like a sounds people, like fun. Yeah, the audience never knows. I mean, they always think he's just fantastic. It's, it's amazing. They don't realize that he dropped this verse or came in an eighth note drop. You know, and it's completely fucked up the arrangement. You know, nobody knows this. You know, except for the band. Pretty funny. Wow. All right. So you hang out for a few minutes, Ben. Take us out of here. So, like Jeff said, you can find us at stilltoking.com. You can find okay. everything from the comic books to this awesome show that we do every week to our new live TV series that we're filming okay, um, and all that great stuff. We want to thank Kenny Lee Lewis for coming on and joining us tonight. To all our veterans and first responders, we want to thank you for doing what you do every day so people like us can do what we do every day. We're out of here. Stay safe. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. Sorry I was late. 